The Leach Report Radio Network presents Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Welcome back. Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. Hour number two of Stockyards Bank is presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. Jack Pilgrim here in the house with Anthony White, intern Jake. Uh, Bo Robinson back at the studio getting us in and out of breaks. I always appreciate his all of his hard work and Larry Vaught. Calling in as always, 859-280-2287, breaking down Kentucky's 35 to 3 victory over the Akron Zips. Uh, Anthony, we talked a little bit about you know some of the playmakers and, and some of the, the chemistry things going on with uh, this team and, and some of the, the old reliables. And if there is something to kind of hang your hat on and get excited for going into the, the SEC schedule, I think it's pretty clearly that there are three consistent do-it-all playmakers and stars. And I think it's pretty pretty certain at this point Devin Leary has proven himself when he has the time in the in the pocket, he's going to convert. He is put some stuff on, on absolute ropes, and some of the balls that he was throwing were uh, absolutely gorgeous. That touchdown to, to uh, Tavion Robinson was just absolutely filthy. Uh, Tavion becoming the sure-handed receiver, uh, an established vet where the – as we talked to close the, out this last hour, I think that there's some trust issues with, um, you know, Devin Leary going to Barry on Brown and Devin uh, and Dane key right now. And I think Tavion Robinson makes up for some of that. Cause I think there is a ton of trust built up there. And I think Ray Davis uh, is better than anticipated. I don't know if it was just because we just saw he came from Vanderbilt and assumed that just because, you know, a, a thousand yards of Vanderbilt isn't the same as a, a thousand at Kentucky. But uh, I think he has pretty, firmly solidified himself as a, as a star playmaker in the backfield through three games. Um, that makes me feel confident going into SEC slate that no matter what, you got three dudes on this offense. And I think that Barryon and Danky can become dudes again and go through the other pass catching options. Jordan Dingle, uh, Brandon Bates, Josh Caddis. You got some guys there at tight end that um, there, there's a lot to build on, a lot to be excited about from a playmaking perspective. Oh, absolutely. I've said this for the past couple weeks. Uh, Devin Leary can spin that thing. He can spin the ball. If you want to be a recipient of his of his spinning, then you get open. I, and, that one, and that is one thing I think that Dane and Barry and both are probably – and like I said, I don't even know for that uh, – that Brown Stevens is, is really a great route runner. The one ball that you see – that Dane, that hit him in the hands, and like I said, I don't know if it was off. No, it, was, it hit both of his hands. Like, Dane is that guy. He can he can catch that ball nine out of ten times. I guess that was the one time he, he probably wouldn't catch it. But I said this last week, on those type of routes, and especially in the SEC, he needs to push his route. And that's why I wonder, what are they what is, uh, what are they working on and what are, what are they working on in, in practice? You stem your guy. Even though the middle of the field is clear, you still have to set the guy up in front of you to get separation. And he's bending everything and bending it going in there because it's open in there. But while it's open in there, the safety also sees that it's open in there. So while you're running to it, he's running to it. So it makes it a tougher catch where if you stand him, straighten the safety up, that means you're square with him. So he doesn't know if you're going to run left or right. 
then you you know you kind of you 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 you, you keep them stagnant for a second, and then once you break, he has to react off you. But if you already bending to the middle and he sees you going that way, all he's going to do is trail you, and he can get a hand in there, and it's going to look like a tighter window than it has to be. And so I I just don't – I don't know. But I've, I said this on the locker last week. I kind of question what kind of development are we getting out of the receivers uh, in that receiver room, or what kind of job is the co- are the coaches doing in there? Because I don't be, – Wondell Robinson came with the with the bag, like he came with the with the tool bag that he was just. I think he was just naturally good at running routes and getting open, getting off press, and uh, you know working his leverages. But I don't I don't know of very many receivers. That's why receivers are hitting the portal. We're not using them. I'm not sure if they're getting developed. So I'm going to right now, honestly, I'm going to blame. I'm going to put this one on the coaches. I'm going to put this one on the coaches because Dane has hands. He's a coachable kid. He, his dad was a coach. He, he, he can do different things. And Barron is just an athlete. So if you mold him into what they have to do to be successful, what, Dem, what Devin Leary needs to see to be confident throwing it to him, that all starts in the, in the, in the room. That all starts in the receiver Especially room. when defensive lines are clearly wanting to bull rush and just yeah. they, they know that there are some holes in that offensive line and they their first and only priority is just attack. Go, go sick them. they're making a concerted effort there trying to make Devin Leary uncomfortable so he can't be as precise and and, and hit on some of those guys. And that's my my kind of thought is why are we not seeing more, you know, quick hitters, quick slants across the middle. Get Barry on Brown over the middle, let him get into open space and go. Danky, let him get comfortable and develop some chemistry. That's that's been my thing. I feel like we got to – especially how long – Devin holds the ball and he goes through his route tree and and I, I feel like we gotta get quicker. I feel like we gotta get get your playmakers in more in better positions to catch the ball. Uh, I, Larry, uh, Bo, I don't know if Larry can hear us. Uh, I kind of got some information that I don't think he can hear, so I'm not sure if he's engaged in the show before we go on any further and ask him any questions. Uh, uh, so we uh, I was kind of on the same page that you were on. What? What exactly are we – I was watching the Georgia-South uh, Carolina game, and uh, Spencer, whatever you want to take for that, Beamer ball, whatever. But Georgia was bringing pressure every third down. They are bringing people every third down. And one thing I gave De- or I gave Devin credit for was getting the ball out of his hands. So if Devin gets the ball out of his hands on third down, because Larry knows I love third down, that's the money down. That's where you make your money. That Devin can decipher, well, I got to get the ball up, but you have to be open. Mm-hmm. And it, it it rattled the heck out of South Carolina. So no, Georgia is a game that I probably have us losing, but it looks kind of winnable with the way we look. They looked against South Carolina, but the SEC is going to. That's what they're going to do on third down. They're going to pin their ears back and make it tough on you. So Devin can process that. I got to get the ball on my hands. Are you guys going to find a soft spot to open windows so Devin can get the ball to you? And that is what concerns me. Kind of when you're talking about these routes and the guys knowing their routes and, you know, uh, reading the defenses where the open spots are. You sound like you're back with us, Larry. I am back, and I'm, I, I was listening to you there. So, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, Anthony. They, but, but they've got to get some things just kind of smoothed out. And, and I tell you, the, the only thing that worries me when we talk about other SEC teams are having some issues and all of that, but the other SEC teams – I think as a whole, 
have played some better teams than what Kentucky's played. I mean, Kentucky's had three pretty easy games. I mean, we talk about Florida, but they have now played Tennessee and Utah. Kentucky didn't have anybody on their schedule that matches up to those two uh, opponents. So that's part of this what worries me a little bit. So we will see over the next couple of weeks what's going to happen. You better go to Vandy and handle that game in a good fashion if you want to have success the weeks after that. And, again, I'm just getting that feeling that Florida game may not be quite the gimme that everybody thought unless – and you usually are right – unless when they open that playbook up in different ways, we're going to see different things. But right now I've still got to see a few of those things to totally be back believing. Uh, I I want to ask you – I know we got a guest coming on, not this, but a couple segments, but – so we're, we're concerned about the offense. I'm not concerned. We showed big play capabilities yesterday. Here's the one thing, Jack and Larry. I, so Maxwell Harrison has mm. kind of solidified himself oh. in that other that other corner row. So we got two corners. We we got a plethora of safeties. Our linebacking core, our linebacking core is secure. Our defensive front, we got like an eight man rotation. So y'all are over here complaining and whining about the offense don't look like this. Man, our defense is nice. So I'm going to stay at nine wins. I'm not up to the 10 and 11 <laughs> that Larry and, and Van tried to get me to go to because I, I do think we uh, – if, if we play clean ball in the SEC, you have to play clean ball. You have to absolutely play clean ball. That's the team that's going to win. We are at this point now where our, we have the athletes, we have the Jimmys and Joes that before there was a big – difference between us and other teams after you get probably past the first four or five players on the roster but now we we have the jimmies and joes we just got to play clean ball so i just wanted to since we're halfway through the show almost halfway through the show and everybody sounds concerned let's let's talk let's look at that defense you tell me where you see a problem at then you can show me where you're concerned at larry jack jake (laughs) Bo, <laughs> Larry, we have a, a Tommy Ziesmer and everybody else in college football don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if they just play Ziesmer more, I'd feel a lot better. Yeah, that's exactly right. But, now, no, the defense, I think, but, again, the defense should be doing what, what it has done against these three teams. So I, I like what it has done. It's gone out, taking care of things the way it was supposed to for the, for the most part. Now we'll start getting a little bit more to see from them. But, yeah, at least the – continuity they seem to have a plan you see some playmakers emerging I, I, I like what we are seeing on, on the defensive side and I think some guys that you needed to see could kind of solidify that they were going to be able to do things out there they have shown us that and it looks to me like they've got depth just about all across the board that they've got guys they can put in and trust to make plays so I think that's been a big a big positive for them but I just think the inconsistencies on the offense with just the mistakes that they are making. And, and again, I've not been out there and played at that level, so I've not, I'll trust you on this, but it just seems like when you're three weeks in, well, now what we were told, we'll use these three games, we'll clean everything up, and, man, when SEC play starts, we're going to be a rolling machine. Well, it just doesn't quite look like that yet when you look at it on offense but again maybe all that will sort itself out and things will get rolling and you're just kind of peaking and going forward but there's just still a little bit of concern on some different things but uh, again you are three and you keep reminding me Anthony but just remember I don't think it was Jack and I talking anybody into going 
I think you helped talk us into going to nine wins, and Van wanted to go to ten. I think Jack and I were kind of hanging on eight wins, weren't we, Jack? Yeah, I was. I felt pretty good about nine, but when when Van and Anthony were kind of talking, Van especially talking up the you know ten potential, maybe even eleven if the balls bounce the right way. <laughs> That's where I was kind of, you know, maybe these guys know more. They have more knowledge, football yeah. knowledge in their pinky than I have in my whole body. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust, blindly trust the experts. Yeah, that's kind of how I was too. So, so don't be blaming us, Anthony. We were, we were drinking the Kool-Aid that you and Van were doing. So we're on the board based on what you all said. And like you guys said earlier, it's kind of wide open. I mean, Missouri looked, Missouri looked pretty good. I don't know if Florida yeah. or Tennessee, which one of them are fraudulent. One of one of the two are fraudulent. Georgia, like I say, I think Georgia's kind of at where we're at because they they seem to be doing some things good. I think they held a lot of things, uh, kept a lot of things underneath the vest against South Carolina early, and that's why they pulled away uh, in the second half. So I don't know that that this East is going to be interesting, man. Georgia mm-hmm. can be beat, but uh, how how good is uh? Missouri, how good is is Florida or which one of which one of these guys aren't real SEC team, Florida or uh, Tennessee? So I'm, I'm confident in our team. I just can't see us making if 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 we come out and continue to make mistakes against Vandy, we should win that game that way. But if we come out on the road in the SEC against a Vanderbilt who beat us at home last year, I I, I will really be concerned then. I will really be concerned then. And the last thing I want to say about this whole concerning thing is, and Ben and I always talk about it, look at where we were. Don't measure how where we were at the end of last year or, you know, how the season progressed last year. This time last year, were you as confident now? Now, you guys may have been, but I did not see why some things were happening, how are we going to fix those, those things. Everything I'm seeing now is fixable. And the issue is – we're this confident in in voicing our concerns with the with, in, in voicing so many criticisms because the bar is so much higher this season. The expectations are you just don't want dumb, stupid, self-inflicted mistakes to have you lose against a Vanderbilt and and crush a ten-win potential team like that. I think yeah. all of this revolves around the idea of this team has the playmakers and talent right. to be a ten-win football team. They do like. End of story, on paper, they had the talent. You just don't want some of the dumb stuff and the, the, the extra holds and the pre-snap penalties and the false start and all the dumb stuff to lead to a, a struggling start where probably by the end of the season when they're you know firing on all cylinders, you know they already have four losses and you're just kind of hoping to not pick up a fifth and, and salvage the season. You, we don't want to be in salvage season mode because they have the potential to – kind of you know control their destiny in the sec east because of how bad the sec uh, is as a whole so um well, let's fi- fix the mistakes let's hit this next break you are listening to stockyard banks sunday morning sports this is the home of the wildcats 630 wlap Welcome back. Stock Harris Bank Sunday morning sports talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. Jack Pilgrim here with Anthony White and Larry Vaught. Anthony, did you see the news on Aaron Rodgers? 
We know what happened with the, the American flag coming out, four plays, torn Achilles. You know, we, we know all that stuff. But did you see the post-surgery, I guess during surgery, and what he said afterward? I did not. I don't know Aaron Rodgers like that. So you have him on your fantasy team, I, I believe. Um, maybe not drop him. I mean, I, I would probably drop him, but at least, you know, something to think about. Um, he did an, underwent an innovative surgery designed to accelerate the normal rehabilitation process from such an injury um, called a speed bridge where he wants to get back in time for the playoffs January. Torn at full, full torn Achilles. That sucker was about as bad of a, an Achilles injury as imaginable. And his, like, witchcraft healing process stuff, he thinks he's going to get back on the football field this year. I thought you said he wanted to get back in January so he can watch the playoffs and be able to jump up and down on the, in That's his living room. I don't know why you um, – so you're going to have surgery. You're not going to be in the playoffs. They won't even let White throw the ball. And he has a great last name. Wait, who's White? That's their quarterback. Wilson? Wilson. I'm Zach Wilson? Wilson. Zach Wilson. I don't know why I kept saying White. Who, the, uh, who is their other quarterback? Mike White? Is that his name? That's what I was The other one? Mike White. That's what he, I Because he went to WKU, right, Jake? I think he did. I think Mike White came right. – no, or EKU? No, Tim, no, the other guy was Tim Boyle. I don't know what I'm talking about, honestly. Yeah, I, well, Aaron Rodgers was the only person that mattered than Zach Wilson's other. Beyond that, I, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, did you also see um, that he revealed on the Pat McAfee show – Another one of his healing uh, techniques is a little unorthodox, as is everything with Aaron Rodgers. Um, he revealed that um, listening to dolphins make love is uh, some, somewhat therapeutic and healing for him uh, as well. And the exact quote is, there are ideas that some of the noises from the dolphins when they are lovemaking, the frequency of that is actually healing to the body. So... Not interested. So just so, just so you Pat know, McAfee if is you bad for sports. if you if you you know pull your hamstring running, you know going playing pickup basketball or something. I just I'm just giving you some advice on ways to potentially heal quicker. Go pop on YouTube and Google what you got to Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we that this hopefully this will be our last Pat McAfee ref, <laughs> reference on this show because. He's not good for sports, and I'm not interested in any of that. But you don't you don't think he's good for sports? No. What about him? The number the numbers because he the he numbers speak for themselves. He regardless, to, he appeals to you millennials fan base because you, you like you different. millennials. You, get, get, get off, off my, my lawn. Yep, get that, off my lawn. That's you. Eight five nine two eight zero two two eight seven. Let's go to the phone lines. I believe we have Michael on the line. Uh, gentlemen. I've got a comment, then then a quick question at the end of the comment I'm about to make. But it seems like that we that we hash this out every year. Are we going to correct this? Are we going to do that? Are we going to do this? Let me remind foot, uh, fans, we are now in year 12 of the Mark Stoops reign. We've heard this. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna break open doors. We're going to new levels and stuff like that. And when it all gets said and done, we're back in Nashville in December, or January. He now makes nine million dollars a year, a raise in which he received after a loss to Vanderbilt last year, and went seven and six. We went five and seven, 
in 2020 when sandwiched the 10 win season in there and the belt bow in between. But he's a .535 win percentage coach at the University of Kentucky. He's got 60-something wins total in 11 years. That's about a six-win average. I'll give him seven throwing out the Joker rebuild. I mean, when are we going to – if we don't do it this year with Alabama where they're at, the way Tennessee looked last night, we beat Florida and South Carolina the last couple years. I'm here to ask the University of Kentucky and its fan base, when is the door getting – when are we kicking down that door? Because we just rehash and rehash this mistake thing, this – I mean, I'm telling you, the offensive line's run blocking was horrible last night. And uh, Jeff's exactly right. If it wasn't for big plays, which you will get on weak teams, that's how you're going to outrun somebody down the field eventually. But I didn't see anything that showed me move the chains consistently, a consistent run, pass, drive, mix down the field. All I saw was a big hitter that you broke loose. Which and I'm just I'm just waiting on the door to get kicked in. I mean we're we're in year twelve and and uh, we're not going to win an Eastern Division title. Now we're going to a twelve team playoff next year. My my question is, with a nine million dollar a year coach and all these things we keep hearing about kicking down the doors, am I asking too much as a UK fan to think that what we're paying him we should be able to get in a BCS New Year's Day six? Or, I mean, something that, that shows me that we're, we're doing more than Music city in. Yep, I, I appreciate the call, Michael. we got to hit a break. We'll address that after our interview with Corbin head coach Tom Greer right after this. We'll listen to Stockyards Bank, Sunday morning sports talk on News Radio 630 WLAP. This is Stockyards Bank, Sunday morning sports talk, presented by the Leach Report Radio Network on 630 WLAP. Welcome back. Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's, your trusted partner since 1904. Stockyards Bank. Visit the Stockyards Bank website at syb.com. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. Jack Pilgrim here with Anthony White and Larry Vaught. Uh, Also very excited to be joined now by Corbin head coach Tom Greer, who has the Red Hounds off to a 4-0 start most recently in all-time versus Frederick Douglass on Friday opening the new stadium. Uh, Coach, life is good. Yeah, things are things are good. I'm fixing to head to church and uh, had a staff meeting this morning, but yeah, yeah, things are good for sure. Well, we'll talk us th- through just the the win over Fred- Frederick Douglass, six zero, and an awesome finish there. And uh, obviously, we'll we'll get into the the big commitments for the Kentucky Wildcats, but just. Uh, talk me through that atmosphere. Uh, we, we, it was our KSR game of the week, and there, it was uh, uh, sounds like there was a, a ton of excitement and um, a, a, an all timer from an atmosphere atmosphere perspective. Yeah, it, it was a great ball game. Uh, two uh, very good football teams. And Fred, my hats off to Frederick Douglass and and the run they had the last couple of years, and and they've got a great football team. Uh, I, they came in the Cantrell. Uh, ranking as number one in the state, and 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 they've got a good football team. When when uh, Coach McPeak and I scheduled this game, we really both just said, "Hey, will you just as a measuring stick?" And then, you know, f- really for us, we 
we were going to just take this game, win or lose, and we've got to build on it. And we can't, you know, we we've not arrived yet, and so we we got to keep working. But it was a great atmosphere. Uh, the hundredth anniversary celebration last year uh, was the hundredth year, and then we're doing the celebration this year. And so our first home game and the the nine point three million dollars renovation and all to the stadium and a lot of alumni came back in. Uh, for the ball game and had Thursday just a lot of festivities going on through the week and 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 really as a coaching staff our biggest focus was that that our 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 top guys you know our our top 40 guys had to stay stay grounded don't get caught up in all the 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 pepper rallies and stuff and stay focused and and our kids did a great job coach I'm going to tell you there's a lot of things to be impressed about but that red hound walk I don't know if I've ever seen anything exactly like that at a high school game. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I don't know what the age range was of the people that were doing that, but you let all those folks walk in front of you, the team follows in. I kind of thought maybe they would follow the team. But, man, what an atmosphere to bring you guys into the stadium to start that game. Yeah. Larry, we've been doing the, the, the Red Hound Walk for years, and, and uh, just you know, typically, most time it's our it's our players, our cheerleaders, and our dance team. And we said, hey, we're it's it's the hundredth uh, anniversary celebration. All the the players of the past, let's let, let's let them lead us. But and you know, and I tell people all the time, we spent nine point three million dollars on the stadium, and and Lord, it needed it. <laughs> you know, it, it needed every bit of it. But those guys are the one that's built the tradition and. And, and and this football program and and so it was it was really nice to see uh, the the older guys and alumni leading us in and and uh, yeah it was and and it it uh, it got our players pretty focused when they seen that and 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 sometimes you worry about young players and you're thinking okay is this is this stage going to be too big for them but uh, they 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 played well and coach. Uh... I, I know what you said that was the the hundredth uh, anniversary, so you guys are having a lot of here in Fayette County. Everybody was talking. You guys were doing stuff all week long. I thought maybe you guys were gearing up for uh, either Douglas or maybe that's just the culture in Corbin. Uh, so all the festivities you had were is is not a no, it's not the normal activity, or is that something you guys are looking to normalize? Well, the, the the Red Hound Walk is something like, again like we do every every home game. Uh, the tailgating and and you know for years we, we'll unload that bus and do the Red Hound Walk and, and the streets on both sides will be will be lined up uh, uh, about like UK going into into the stadium with with the the fans and so we've we've done that for years. It's just this year uh, and being our first home game, just open up our new renovated stadium. Uh, it was uh, it was on steroids. It's a little a little bigger than than uh, normal, and and uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And and seeing seeing the the guys that played back in the '60s and the '70s and the '80s, and guys I played with, and uh, it, it was a good week for us. And uh, but now we, you know, we started our coaching staff started this morning. We we flipped our switch and got to get, get ready for hazard. Well, Coach, obviously got to ask the the way the game finished was awesome, and then uh, an extra little present for BBN, especially with uh, you know two two of the best players in the state, uh, the Smith Twins, announcing their commitment right before the team prayer after the game that they will be flipping their commitment to the University of Kentucky. Just you know, what was that like? There was obviously a buzz uh, around the program, and you know some excitement around the state. 
Kentucky fans obviously wanted them desperately, and um, you, you know, talk. They talked after the game about it, you know, feeling at home at Kentucky. Just what, what was it like, kind of knowing from a behind-the-scenes perspective and being around them? Uh, just the anticipation of that uh, decision that we all kind of figured was coming, but you know, we, we were all waiting uh, on pins and needles. Yeah, the, the first of all, uh, Gerard and Jacob are gosh, they're high character kids, man. I'm saying they they're unbelievable young men. They they've come into the to our football program, and you know we had a good football team coming back. Uh, I would have never never scheduled a Frederick Douglass or a Lexington Catholic if we didn't have a good team coming back. Those guys came in, and 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 you talk about super teammates. It, it, it's amazing that those two guys and. Uh, yes, sir. No, sir. And and so they they've moved right in, and, and things are really good with them. Earlier this week, you know, and 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 I I don't I don't try to to influence a student athlete on where they're going to go to school. I told I told both of them back in July when when they said they wanted to come and play at Corbin and play with Guy Bailey, who's a really really good friend of theirs, and and they they were both down here in June working out and lifting and, and, uh, you know, and, but as a, as the head coach, I'm thinking, well, they'll both go back to, to Loomis and, and play their last year there at the prep school. And their dad called me and said, have you talked to the, the two boys? I said, I talked to them about every other day in the weight room while we're working out with our varsity guys. He said, coach, they're wearing me and mama out. They want to come back. Plus their grandmother's health is, is, is not, at, not best right now. And they want to get back closer to her. And I said, We'd love to have them, and 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 so, but they're they're. It's amazing what what great teammates they are, and that's you know people's going to. I mean, they both are talented. Ain't no doubt. Both four stars, and 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 here's the thing: they are legit four stars, and they're not they're not the four stars or five stars, and and not gonna not gonna show that they're the the four and five star guys. Both of them, uh, their work ethic is unbelievable. Uh, I mean, they work, which has caused some of our other players and has really been a plus for our younger kids. Our younger kids see Gerard and Jake and how they work and how they prepare for a ball game. And so it's, it's going to benefit our program for many years. But earlier in the week, uh, they both came in and, and sat down with me and said, coach, you know, we, we love Kentucky. We, we, we want to, we want to flip and come to UK and, we we like to do an announcement and, and the maturity of both of them and they both said coach but we don't want any distraction this is big i know this is big this week the ball game so we don't want no distraction so the three of us we drove over to the stadium and i said here's what we'll do when the game's over win or lose you know we always get together we talk and then we'll pray and then after we pray i'll bring you two guys up you can make your announcement and and we'll go from there. And so we we had an idea that that what we wanted to do there. And and um, but um, oh, they're 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 super young men, and they fit in with our. We we I've got a football team of, of great leadership with seniors and and great great young men. Well, Tom, Tom, it impressed me. I mean, when you look at those guys, I thought they could just have ridden back to Lexington with. Brad White and Vince Barron probably played for Kentucky on Saturday. I mean, they are so <laughs> physically ready, it looks like. But, I mean, I don't know how many passes they knock down, how many tackles they have, but it seemed like they just impact every play. And that's pretty good coaching. You put one on each side, and that doesn't give teams a whole lot of different ways to go. <laughs> to hold Frederick Douglass to about 140 yards total, that's amazing. Yeah, well, 
you know, going into the season, it, you know, we, we felt like we, we had to split them, split them apart. And we moved Jacob. Jacob moves around. He'll, he'll come down, uh, down to the defensive end. He'll drop, drop back as outside linebacker. We move him around a little bit and, and we'll flip Gerard on different spots. And, and just so we don't set them every time and people just run away from them or try to move them so they don't get double teamed as much. But, uh, you know, their work ethic, it just allows them to, to, to be able to go out and perform. And, you know, Gerard had four pass breaks up, breakups. I mean, just the quarterback throwing him, jumping, got great vertical jump and getting the hand on the football. And, and uh, Jacob, Jacob uh, blocks one and, and ends up catching it and returns it for 28 yards, you know, off an interception. And uh, But I tell you, you know, to, to be able to hold Frederick Douglass or shut Frederick Douglass out, those two guys played really, really well. We had we had eleven guys that had to play assignment football, and through that course of the game, everybody was going to have opportunities, and they had to make the play. And if they did make the play, we were probably giving up touchdowns, and and and, and everybody played played really well. Xander Curry uh, led us. He plays outside linebacker safety for us. He led us in in tackles. Had ten tackles and two assists, and had a pass breakup, and then he caused a fumble. Really, the difference in the ball game was that uh, you know we have we have two interceptions and then we cause a fumble and recover that. So they had three turnovers. Us offensively, we didn't have a turnover. Kate Eagleham did a great job of leading leading our team, and you know he uh, twenty for twenty four for one hundred and eighty two yards passing. But we didn't turn the ball over to him. We we ran a lot of clock uh, in the third quarter. Uh, we played seven snaps of defense in the third quarter, and that's coming out. We kick to them. We run seven snaps of defense, and then our offense keeps the rest of the third quarter away from them. And, and when you have the talent and the speed they've got, the more opportunities they get, they're going to eventually going to break one on you. And, and so it was it was a, a solid ball game. Special teams, uh, they, they got kids. You kick it to them, they're going to take it to the house. They, they run one back on Trinity. They, they run one back uh, against Tate's Creek. And, and every coach I talked to said, Coach, you better not kick to them. So you know our special teams did a did a solid job in that ball game. And coach, after the game too, I mean you had another. Well, you, you mentioned Guy Bailey earlier. He's already got a preferred walk on offer from Kentucky. But after the game, your sophomore, I don't know if you call him tight end receiver, what you call, him, but Eli Petrowski, he got a Kentucky scholarship offer. He, he did, and Eli Eli's a really really good athlete he's 6'4 205 and he's a sophomore and he's going to get bigger he is a he's a blocking machine got great hands and runs great routes but now he's he does a great job getting his body on you and does a great job blocking and and uh yeah you know kind of felt like that they were going to offer offer eli at some point uh after the state finals uh, last year uh coach perry had come down and and uh, said that that they really him and and Katie Elam both were really high on both of them and and but yeah Friday night after the ball game watching him play and watching him block and the things that he does for our football team offensively you know then they make that offer and and uh, I know his his folks are are pretty excited and Eli as well. Well, Coach, we're we're coming up on our next break. We got to get out of here, but we appreciate you coming on this morning, and uh, congratulations on the four and zero start. You guys are, are are doing big things down there. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Let's go on and hit our break. You're listening to Stockyards Bank Sunday morning sports talk on News Radio six thirty WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. Six thirty WLAP.
Welcome back. Stockyards Bank Sunday morning sports talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's, your trusted partner since 1904. Stockyards Bank. Visit the Stockyards Bank website at syb.com. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. Jack Pilgrim here with Anthony White and Larry Vaught. Just got off the phone with Corbin head coach Tom Greer. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff, uh, especially talking about just the, the commitment, Larry, uh, of the Smith twins and the buildup and, yeah, just how professional and the high character and the work ethic and all that. You, you know, yes, we all know how talented they are physically, uh, but hearing kind of behind the scenes of just how great they are off the field uh, has me infinitely more excited about their addition for uh, the 2024 recruiting class. Yeah, and I also think, Jack, that if Fred Douglas had won the game, from what they told me, they weren't going to make the decision or weren't going to announce it then because they didn't want that make it look like the game was about them and not their team. So unless they had won, I think they were going to wait till the next day or something to do it, which is a pretty mature type thing to do also. But it, it, it's just a really unique family. They had they had over 20 family members at the game to, to watch, and that was pretty cool to see all them uh, celebrate. I was talking to their dad before the game, and he was like a ticket agent out there trying to find all the different family members, get tickets distributed <laughs> and all. But it, it was crazy, Anthony. I got there at 5 o'clock for an 8 o'clock game so I could get parked. Coach Greer took good care of me. But but when I got there at 5 o'clock, there were 150 people already in line to get into the stadium. And by 6.15, after they'd opened the gate, there were 1,000 people already in the stadium at 6.15 for an 8 o'clock game. And that Red Hound walk must have had 500 people lining the street and another 500 to 700 taking part in the walk that marched right into the stadium. And then the coolest thing, when they got ready to flip the coin, they had a 101-year-old man from Corbett who played for Corbett football, had flown fighter planes in World War II, <laughs> and there would have been a local businessman. He came out and flipped the coin. Wow. Wow. Man, you, better tell, uh, you better tell Boyle County, hey, we ain't running it back this year, then. <laughs> you better tell Boyle, they better watch out, man. Coach Greer ain't yeah. having it again this year. No, and I don't think – I may be wrong, but if they had anybody, one more than one or two, but they basically don't have anybody that goes both ways. Oh, wow. Hmm. They, they rotate those guys in and out there, and they've got a lot of really good players. And as he said, I thought it was kind of applied to what Mark Stoops is trying to preach. As good as the Smiths were, they still had 11 guys that played their assignments, and that's why they were able to shut out Douglas. And uh, it, it, was, it was really fun. And, and Douglas really played well, too. It wasn't like Corbin just ran up and down the field at will either that the Douglas defense was really good and Douglas had some chances to score in the second half just just couldn't punch in a couple of penalties that hurt him at key times and as he said the the turnovers were a big difference in the game Anthony uh in an interview after the game, Gerard uh, said, you know, talking about all 11 guys having to be where they're supposed to be. They said they called their shot before the the game started all week long. They said, uh, well, they're going to pitch a shutout. Said that that they weren't going to allow any points and they said if we don't let anybody score, we're going to win the game. The, a win is a guarantee. If we pitch a shutout, uh, you know, game game ain't going to finish in a tie. So I like their confidence. I like their addition. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mark Stoops landed a big one, big two of them, actually. We'll be back right after this. It's been Stockyards Bank's Sunday morning sports talk on News Radio 630 WLAP.